0: This is The Daily Coaching Podcast, bringing you thoughts, discussions and expert insight into all things football and coaching.
1: I couldn't play with the mixed team anymore, because I think there was a rule change. Girls and boys couldn't play together at the time. Really, really nervous, obviously, going from just playing with loads of boys to, to loads of women. It was never something that I aspired to, to be playing for a team at a higher level,
0: In today's episode of the A Player Journey series, I am joined by Biliriki Town Women FC player Zoe Russian. Now, I have had the pleasure of knowing Zoe for almost 10 years, so I have always followed her playing journey closely. From playing at CK Basildon Ladies under Steve Tilson, she has gone on to become Biliriki Town Women's second highest goalscorer with 42 goals in just under three years. We talk her journey into the game the differences in competition level, and some of her most memorable experiences. This is an inspirational conversation for both men and women in the game. So let's get into it. So if you can, just kind of starting off, um, looking at where you first got involved in football, like I said, kind of starting off from really a grassroots level, how that kind of developed to where you are now
1: yeah um first of all thank you for having me um it's a pleasure to be on um i had a little think about my background of football and had to had to go quite far back really to to go back to where i started um yeah not not probably the traditional route that that the girls the pathway that the girls follow now but um must have been about seven or eight when i started playing football and um it was just on the estate where i lived All, all of the boys would just play football next to next to my house so that's kind of my first involvement in football, just played with them, fell in love with it through that, just really raw football playing on the streets, really. Um, I do remember I had one youth game that I remember playing in. It, it didn't go too well, but it was a mixed team. And I remember I played one game. And then after that, I remember they said, um, well, they told my mum and dad that I couldn't play with the mixed team anymore because I think there was a rule change. Girls and boys couldn't play together at the time. So that was kind of my experience of youth football completely. Um, didn't didn't play another uh, a, a game after that. Just carried on playing where I lived. Um, but through one of the boys that I played with on the estate, I remember he, he was like my best friend at the time, and he played for White Notley uh, youth team. So I just used to go with them all of the time, just watch, I train with them. Um, and then I remember they set up a women's team, um, and at the time, obviously we're going we're going way back now, but at the time you could start playing adult football at fourteen. So I remember when I was 13, 14, um, I started training with, with that adult team. Um, really, really nervous, obviously going from just playing with loads of boys to, to loads of women, but I remember loving it. And that's where I met my, my first football coach, um, David Streetly, who you know very well. Um, so yeah, met I him, met him then. Um, from that, so I played for White Nolly. From that, Streets moved to Braintree. They wanted to start up a women's team because the, the men's were doing really well. So a few of the players followed him there, but we had to start right at the bottom of county leagues because we were a new team. Uh, So I had to start start back at the bottom. But yeah, we had quite a few years there, really successful. I think we had five promotions in a row just to get us back to the same level where we were at. Um, So I was there and then through that, I started to volunteer with streets um, away from football. And that's kind of where my interest in coaching came about as well. And as soon as I was 16, I did my coaching badges and, and got into employment um, for a sports community project. Um, from there, streets moved to Colchester to work. And just because I knew them and, and heard about jobs there, I got a job there. Um, and then ended up playing for Colchester United as well. So it was never something that I aspired to, to be playing for a team at a higher level. But yeah, it's just something that came about. So yeah, loved it there. Um, and I played there until they, the, they folded, the community project. Um, I don't know what happened there, money, that sort of stuff. But um, I was there until it folded and then joined CNK and k Basildon. Um, started working for the FA as a sports coach, as you know, or well, skills coach. Um, played there for quite a few seasons and then, yeah, ended up at the now.
0: Nice. And like you said, it's interesting because obviously they said maybe the traditional sort of route that you took potentially, um, but obviously opportunities kind of came their way and I'm taking it. You just took them and embraced them really. Um, would you kind of say that when you went to that first team um, with, which kind of developed into a girls' team, uh, and like you said, Streets was the uh, manager or the coach there, um, was that kind of uh, an impact that led you to kind of think, you know, what? I want to stay and do this? Obviously, like you, you, loved football prior to that anyway, but was that kind of real the sort real sort of cement that kind of thought to you, well, do you know what? I want more of this now. Definitely, I
1: think. Um I only played with the boys at uh, around the corner, and my friend's dad, who took me to all of the training sessions, I can't thank him enough. I wouldn't have been able to join football without him, but he was the only kind of person coming out the back and giving us some ideas of what to do. Other than that, we just played. Um, so I remember when I went to the to the first women's team and started getting coaching and started to become a member of a team. I it just it just came so naturally to me to kind of not just play for myself on one v one or one v all to start to kind of work with the team and come up with strategies and tactics and plans and I just thought as soon as we started doing it, I was, just, it was, I was thinking it's a bit of me it's what I want to do and I wanted to carry on playing I just loved it I wanted to carry on playing and, and just enjoying it really yeah.
0: And was the um, other women within the team as well was they kind of they the same sort of thinking process because like you said obviously um, probably early on in terms of sport, especially that club specifically in a women's team did they kind of have the same sort of motivations and and did they want to be coached or was they kind of again just there for the fun or, or social
1: random it was really random so we had players of all ages obviously I was 13, 14 you had, um, you had some that were parents um, some that had played higher and then had dropped down towards the end of their career it was just a real mixed bag and I, I do remember one game, um, when I was sixteen, Streets made me captain for a game, um, which I was buzzing about, nervous about, but it just was a bit of a mixed feel. Like some some of some of the women that have just played and always thought, you know, the oldest person should be the captain or the most experienced should be captain. And then there were some that were like, I think it's brilliant that you're captain. It was just a complete mixed bag, but yeah, Streets dealt really well with how diverse it was. And it really did teach me a lot because every team that you join, you just have such a vast amount of characters and and personalities. So I think it was tough, but the best start for me, the best experience to learn from, yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, I think it's important as well that you have that range of of characters because I think if everyone's kind of the same mould of players and sometimes I've, especially in previous conversations uh, within this series, I've had with people and said that like, you know, you know how academies kind of want everyone to be the exact same player, you know, it's kind of competitive. It's kind of, I suppose, robotic in the sense of everyone's exactly the same and everyone's playing the same. And I think that especially the experiences you talk about there, it seems more of just like, look, you're, you're there because you want to play. Um, yeah. And the pressure's kind of off because like, especially from your point of view, it's kind of like, I'll take these opportunities as they come. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to let it kind of overtake me and think, well, I'm going to do everything I can to push as far as, 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 I, as I can at that stage anyway, at least. Um, so yeah, I find that quite interesting. Um, and obviously, like you said, so quite a range of different experiences early on um, and they like said a different range of characters. So I suppose from a coach's point, it's probably pretty hard to really put sort of, I don't know, I suppose playing philosophies or coaching styles down to that point. But what was kind of the, difference you, the differences you've experienced from sort of that first team where you've been at, um, to obviously um, Colchester, to uh, CNK Basildon, to Billericki Town now. What's changed within the coaching? Has has anything changed, or is it kind of always sort of again that play element?
1: Yeah, I think um, the biggest um, change for me is when I went from Braintree, which working with the streets, to going to Colchester United. The first thing that I remember thinking is just the sheer number of players and teams from youth to first team um, and then the coaches. So it wasn't just one or two coaches and there there was, you know, every team had a manager and a coach. And I just remember thinking, how am I going to get to know all of them? And who do I have to try and impress and who plays for who? It was just, it was a crazy experience, but it was just a lot, um, it was just a lot more structured. I mean, streets was very organized and very structured, but you kind of knew that, you had to be performing, you had to be, on, you had to be early for training, you had to perform in training, you had to compete with everybody. It, it wasn't that kind of... Previously, there, it was more personal. I could have a chat, you know, if I couldn't make training one day for, for whatever reason, streets could understand. But at Colchester, the sheer level of competition was crazy. So if you dropped the ball at any point, you knew that you could be sitting on the bench without even a conversation. If, you know, the coaches were busy that week and the first team manager... Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough, but again, another experience that I really did learn from because I had to go from being with somebody who um, knew me very well and I knew them very well to not knowing anyone and having to kind of gauge what they were thinking about me without them having to tell me all the time. And yeah, that's tough. I wasn't the type of player that could be shouted at or be told that something wasn't good or something wasn't great at the time it kind of knocked my confidence more than making me want to work hard. So I had to really toughen up and, and take things on the chin a lot more.
0: And do you think that, um, like you kind of said there, about the personal characteristics really, I think, um, like you said, obviously you went from the streets um, over two different clubs. Um, and I suppose although maybe the structures might be slightly different or the clubs um, or the hierarchy, the clubs might want something slightly different from the outcomes where it would be competitive or just... I suppose the structure of the club itself um do you think that that, that sort of personal uh, relationship is important because I think as often like and especially one reason why i kind of got this series going is to kind of really highlight the importance between player and coach or player and manager and relationship because I think often you know people and it, it's is fine to have this uh, outlook but a lot of coaches or managers you know they want to get as high as they can and, you know, they're potentially going to clubs to, to do sort of sessions or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, they kind of also look at it in the sense of, you know, I want to try and progress my own career. Um, from a player's perspective, is that something which kind of, like I said, you, you need to allow the manager to do? Or um, do you kind of have to buy that in from the manager's perspective as well?
1: Sorry,
0: I lost you for a minute there. That's all right. No, I was just saying that, um, yeah, like in terms of that player and um, coach relationship, do you think it's something which, you know, players understand that, you know, what coaches may only be here for a little while or do you think that the ownership is kind of on the managers or coaches to kind of be like, look, I need to understand every single player who's here at the time of me being in this environment?
1: I, I think it's massively important that if you are going to be a coach, Um, or a manager of of a team it's so important that you get to know them all individually every single person is so different and every single person might need a different approach or um, a different way of speaking to them or getting the best out of them I know for me personally I know how I like to be coached or spoken to um so if my manager or coach doesn't know that and they try a different approach I'm not going to be the best that I can be um I just think that to create a relationship or a rapport with that person it is really important because I'm, I'm not saying that you always have to be friends with that person or you don't always have to get along with them. You know, there's been managers in the past where it's not, probably not your favourite person and you're not theirs, but you want the same outcome at the end and that's the best for the team. So, um, yeah, I just think you don't have to be friends with them, but you do have to find that common ground or that certain relationship that's going to help get the best out of them for the better of the team.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that makes sense. Um, and I think, like you said, e- even whether it be managers trying to develop or even players trying to develop, you're all going in that same kind of route anyway. So it yeah. makes sense that you kind of bounce off each other and work off each other. Um, and obviously, when you um, left Costa um, and you went to a different team, obviously Streets wasn't there as well. How How did you have to react as a player to like I said a kind of different way of being coached because I'm taking it they had different ideas they had maybe a different um coaching style or coaching characteristic
1: yeah I think um I had all those streets worked at culture so he wasn't involved in the team that I played in so I kind of had that comfort blanket of playing for a new manager but streets was in and around the environment so if there was something I wasn't sure of I could always kind of go to him and and have a chat but um so, yeah, going to um, Basildon, it was, it was a complete um, fresh start just, just on my own. Um, but to be fair, Steve Tilson was the manager when I went there. And me and a few of the girls were kind of deciding which team to go to. But the moment that I met him and the first training session that we had with him, I just knew that he was the guy that I wanted to play for. Um, just a good mix of humour, knowledge. Um, yeah, just, like, just really personal to, to each player. That, or each person that come along. Um, and I just got to just got to know him really, really quickly and he got to know me and it just happened quite naturally and it was quite easy. So yeah, I was quite fortunate for that really.
0: Yeah. I think again it kind of links in with what you're saying that like that that getting to know the players. Um I think, you know, from a manager's or coach perspective, it's kind of like that's what you need to do. You need to understand your team. But then like you just said there from a player's perspective, you're buying so much more. Um, and again previous conversations I've had with players, they've kind of said that first meeting with a manager or a coach or the coaching team even is so important because it's either where you're in unity with them or you're totally against them because depending on how their approach is and you know, some managers may come in from a different team and and think, well, at this previous thing, this worked to me. The, the, like you said, the, the, maybe the aggressive commanding style of coaching. But as you yeah. just mentioned, they, that isn't what brings out Best you. so you know they need to understand what's what's going to work and, and and how to get it out um and, and kind of around that point as well I know you briefly touched on it there but um if you was to sort of look at yourself as a whole what kind of brings out the best Zoe Russian so the best like coaching and the best uh mechanisms to use as, as, a, as a coach or manager in you?
1: I just think um when I think back to when I've been at my best or been at my most confident Um, it's just about knowing what was going well for me so what I've been doing good what are my strengths and how can I use them in the games Um, but then also somebody just giving me that little nudge or asking me a question or how what do you want to improve or how do you think you can improve it and just these little bite-sized pieces of information not too much for me to take on but just one bit at a time I could try it and see how it goes and just that two-way conversation, not just somebody telling me what to do, not just somebody leaving me to my own devices. You know, just that two-way conversation of what's going well, what are you enjoy, and what you're happy with. Now, how can we get to the next step? Um, so, yeah, somebody, whether that's the coach or manager, or I've had it even before with captains of the team. Um, so, so yeah, just having that, having that kind of other other person, or other people, just to bounce off and get ideas from.
0: Nice and and do you think that there will be the sort of similar process to whether you're in form, out of form, or doesn't it doesn't it really matter? It's still the same sort of messages. And I
1: think so. I think process. I think uh, obviously performing and winning um, is a is a habit. So when I feel good and I'm having good conversations, and then the team are performing well and I'm performing well, it's just it, the momentum that like, picks up um, and carries on. But um, see, I think it, it does it does it does affect that but also you know you're not going to win all the time you're not going to play well all the time so it's having that resilience and having that honesty as well as just you know giving someone confidence you have kind of got to address some issues at certain points
0: yeah, yeah. No, makes makes sense um and um throughout your sort of career up to date so far um what would kind of be the sort of most memorable experience within a team from from your point of view whether it be sort of again when you first started out so. It, might be someone who had that impact so maybe like you said with with streets um or whether it be sort of a a moment within 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 your game where you know it's really stuck out in your in your mind
1: i've had a little think about this whether since you said it but um i have played for a long time so there's quite a few memories um you know lots of promotions cup finals tours nights out there's so much stuff that um has been memorable for me but um I'm going to choose one that happened more recently. Um, And I'm choosing it because it's reminiscent of how I started football and how I've become to love a team. And then I've seen it, you know, 10 years down the line. So for me, it's a really good uh, memory to share. But so basically, when I joined TNK Basildom, after a couple of seasons, we managed to get promotion into the Southern Prem, which I think at the moment is the uh, National League South, I think. I think so, yeah. so yeah, so we got into that league uh, with Stephen at CK Basildon and um, there was lots of talk about whether we would be able to stay in that league just because we were the unknown. Um, it was really tough to um, recruit players. They were all going to the London teams or teams that were affiliated with the men's team were, were better known. Um, but we managed to stay up in that league and you know, get a few players here and there. But um, my final season um, with Basildon, And with Steve, um, and as captain as well, just just made it extra special. But um, we managed to come second in the league. Um, And you're talking against teams. We had Charlton, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Lewis, like really, really big teams. Uh, We came second. But on top of that, we managed uh, um, in the league, 100% record at home. So we literally won every single home game in the league. Um, And I just remember thinking... like. not how have we done it, but it was just so unexpected. We were always the underdogs. We were always the team that nobody had heard of. Um, and we just, with the with the group of players that we had, we just managed to get something out of that team that was beyond ability. It was just something extra, something special. And yeah, that was just incredible to think back to. It's you know, one of my biggest achievements. And as I say, it reminded me of when I was at Braintree with, with um, Streets because we just had some local girls that just wanted to play football and he managed to get that same thing out of the players beyond ability that just just something extra just to give you some success. And yeah, I think that's something that I'll always be really proud of.
0: No, I, I think that's a, a fantastic memory to have. And, and as well, from what I know of you as well and the teams that you played within, um, it has been that element of togetherness um, and that element of fun as well. And I think that like, like we were saying earlier on, Listen, it's, it's, it's not a problem to have the ambitions of wanting to go as far as you can and doing whatever you can to to get to that that stage. But I think one of the big key things of you in, in your career so far, anyway, has been just enjoying it um, and yeah. the teams that you've been within. And I think that, like you know, even there you said, obviously the the, the you know the team cnk Capeza may have come into it as a sort of unknown team, but. I guarantee you that even though players may have left or wanted to leave or whatever they have done, and again, it's, it's up to them if they leave, that's, that's fine, they want to go on their career, their paths, but I think the teams that you have been in and the team that you had, you know, it's that togetherness and it's that thing of, well, we're going to do this as a team, not as yeah. individuals. Um, so, And I think that's, that's credit to, to what you achieved within that season as well um so looking at it as a kind of whole then it's a very sort of uh, cliche question um but um into any sort of inspiring girls or boy footballers um what kind of be your key message in terms of you know the cliche thing of how to make it as, as 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 a as a football player um but then also switching it a little bit um, and pointing it onto kind of the, the theme and topic of this conversation um what advice would you give to coaches to be aware of or to, um, from a player's perspective
1: I think for the, for the coaches, um, and it's something, it's advice that I, I use myself now working in a primary school. I'm just, I just think give players opportunities. So for me personally, as I said, growing up, I didn't, I didn't know of any academies or any centre of excellence. I didn't know of anything like that. I just knew about playing with my friends. So now I am determined for boys and girls in school, whether it's lunchtime clubs, after school clubs, or during PE, I'm just determined to give them a positive experience of playing football. Um, And then from that, if the kids enjoy it, whether it's a boy or a girl or not, whether they enjoy it, they would then carry on. Does that make sense? Just to kind of give them that one little taste of something fun, let them know that it is for them, um, and then just support them on that journey, whether it's finding a team or just, having them come to your sessions every single week so that's my advice for a coach is just to create an opportunity that somebody wouldn't have had before you um and for players I just just think if you're if you're enjoying something just crack on just keep going keep trying um and see where it takes you
0: I think great messages and um, I think especially in terms of that creating pathways um I mean and we've seen it a lot within the, the girls and women's game now which is great anyway but um, like you said, even if it's just playing, like it doesn't always need to be that competitive structure. Um, that's great because there is a pathway for people to go on to, but, you know, even again, credit to to your career and how it's kind of come about. Just you've done it through playing, like I said, street football. Yeah. Um, I think that's so often um, under sort of, you know, taken, taken away basically from people thinking, oh, you know, you need to get them into a team straight away. And I know from our experiences of being coaches, often, players wanting to get their players into teams straight away, but like the skill centers that we run, you know, think how much enjoyment players had there just through playing and experiencing football. Um, so yeah, I I think that, that message is key. Um, and one, one more kind of thing to to pick up on. So obviously, like you said, you started your coaching early on, um, within your playing career. And obviously, like you said, now you're within education and and you're within um, a school as well. Um, do you kind of think that um, that's helped you within your game? In terms of you know, going through the coaching education pathway and obviously working at the FA as well, um, that that's helped you see it from a coach or manager's perspective,
1: yeah, massively. I think, um, one of the biggest things for me has just been the amount of people that I've been exposed to. I just want to learn as much as I can from them. So, whether it's me as a coach coaching little ones and I see them do something, I think. Oh, I never thought to do it in that way before, or whether it's you know going to St George's Park and being able to speak to some of the most experienced coaches, just whatever environment I'm in, I just want to listen and soak up as much as I can. Um, and whether that's for me as a player or me as a coach or me now teaching, um, just having that you know big bank of knowledge and different ideas and creativity ready to go, um, I think that's helped me, yeah.
0: Follow and subscribe to the Daily Coaching Podcast so that you never miss out on an episode.